Hello, and thank you for listening to Renewables, a podcast by Biostar, which aims to explore the current and future energy landscape in America. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Renewables. I'm your host, David Smart, the Senior Vice President of Sales at Biostar Renewables and host of the podcast. Uh, really appreciate everyone who's tuning in and subscribing on Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Uh, we are slowly and steadily growing that subscription base, and we really, really appreciate everyone tuning in. And we're very excited to have Michelle Miller, or as you may know her, the Farm Babe, on our show today. Michelle, welcome, and thank you so much for for coming on to the show. Yeah, for sure. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. I think you are the most famous person to ever come on our podcast. So congratulations on that. Well, thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, you, you have an amazing uh, following and platform um, talking about all sorts of ag related topics. Um, and it's been an absolute pleasure to follow you for the last, I don't know, year, year and a half, I think. And we actually ended up really connecting sort of through social media, which is very 2021 of us. Um, and so started a relationship that way. Um, and so can't thank you enough for, for coming on the show today and kind of educating our, our viewers and listeners um, about you and about the farm babe, and then also about, you know, some of these important uh, topics with related relation to ag and sustainability that we're going to discuss today. So without further ado, um, if you don't mind, just to start, tell our listeners and viewers how you uh, came to be the farm babe and grow your your online you know personality and you've become quite an influencer. Give us a little bit about your background and kind of how you got to here. Yeah, for sure. Thank you so much for that. Yeah, so I started The Farm Babe about six and a half years ago, and it was interesting because I had actually more, had more of like a big city background. So I grew up around agriculture from Oshkosh, Wisconsin, my hometown, and I was around farming, like my friends were farm kids, and I was in 4-H, and it's something that I really loved and I was interested in. And then in high school, you know, you take those aptitude tests, you talk to your teachers and your guidance counselors, and every test I took said that I should work in agriculture, that I should be a farmer, a veterinarian. But um, coming from Oshkosh, I really wanted to know what life was like in a big city. So I ended up moving to Los Angeles, and I got a degree from the Fashion Institute of Design and Merchandising, and actually right. worked for, for Gucci on Rodeo Drive. <laughs> wow. And so... <clears throat> I had this major like <clears throat> big city, you know, Los Angeles. I moved to Chicago. I was um, had a fashion background. I was, um, you know, I had a sales career in Chicago for a while. But, you know, throughout that time, I had really become victim to a lot of misinformation in food and farming. And so, like, I had become this anti-GMO activist. I would only buy organics. Like, I had a lot of fear around the food supply, factory farming, all this stuff. But what changed my mind and what, what taught me to dig deeper and look at the other side of my arguments was when I actually started dating a farmer. And I dated him in Iowa from like 2012 to like 2019. And that's really when I started the platform. And it was really, sorry, sorry, I got a little congestion today. But um, anyway, I 
I had really started learning so much and I started this platform as a way to better bridge the gap between consumers and farmers and kind of debunk a lot of the myths that I was believing in that I used to believe in. And so he was growing GMOs and, you know, using hormones and antibiotics once in a while and his livestock stuff that I thought was really bad. But the more I started learning about the science behind it and connected with him and other farmers, what people were doing, why they were doing why they're doing it, how they were caring for the environment and sustainability, the more I realized like, wow, like I, I got to speak up for these guys because if I'm yeah. misinformed, how many other people are misinformed? And there was this <clears throat> blogger I had discovered at the time named The Food Babe. And The Food Babe had just been putting out tons of misinformation, like just saying GMOs were drenched in toxic chemicals and all this crazy stuff, right? And I commented on her Facebook post and I said, look, like we grow GMOs. We're not drenching our fields in chemicals. We spray like one or two days a year, very minimal dose. Your food's very safe. Like, come on out and I'll show you. You know, I was trying to have like a nice comment. Sure. And she blocked and banned me within about five seconds of posting it. <laughs> so then I discovered this Facebook group called Banned by the Food Babe, which has over 10,000 members in it. And so here I am going like, well, she's not going to let farmers talk about farming. These other people in this group, you know, they're scientists, veterinarians, experts, like she's basically silencing anybody that calls her out because she's spreading so much misinformation. Yeah. So I all oh, the food babe doesn't want farmers talking about farming. I guess the farm babe was born. And all so right. I've used the platform as a way to give science a bigger voice, to give farmers a bigger voice, advocate for the work that they do and really, um, bring the truth behind our food to the forefront of people's minds. Very interesting. You know, it's one of the big issues with social media is uh, people sort of have a never ending feed of things that they agree with or they want to see. And if they don't like it, they block it and they don't ever have to see it again. So that's a really interesting uh, story. And I didn't realize how really your, your platform was born uh, sort of fighting misinformation. I also have to plug FITM really quickly. My sister uh, went to FITM and graduated uh, from their program, gosh, I think 12 years ago or so now. So that is funny. I didn't know that about you and uh, learned something new today. Yeah, it's a great school and there's so much opportunity once you're an alumni to connect and get great jobs. And yeah, I sometimes wonder what would have happened if I would have kept going down the route of fashion and, yeah. and film, like where I, where I was going originally, but I left because there really wasn't a lot of money in it. And it's funny now doing what I do. Um, I love it. I really feel like I found my calling, but even what's even funnier, more funny is like the fact that my uh, teachers and guidance counselors in high school were, were right all along. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and they were like, you're funny. supposed to work in agriculture. You're supposed to be a farmer. And I was like, well, I love this life. And yeah, I still love right. it. <laughs> it came full circle. That's great. Um, yeah, so my first trip to Los Angeles was when I was 14 years old to visit my sister who was living downtown. And downtown LA was not the same uh, then as it is today. So those are stories for off the podcast. Um, but but no, that's funny, small world. So so you have really created an amazing, um, amazing you know, profile and, and you're on a lot of different platforms. Um, I'm sure some of our listeners and viewers are 
Googling you or looking, I follow you mostly on Instagram and Twitter um, is where I see a lot of your stuff. But talk to us about, because we're still talking about COVID. I think we're almost done talking about COVID all the time, but we're still here. Talk about being an online influencer, you know, and um, in COVID and how you kind of battled through that. I know you do a lot of in-person speaking events. I'm sure you're excited to get back to that. So talk to us about how this last year's been. Yeah, for sure. A hundred percent. I had a lot of events canceled this past year. And I guess that's what's kind of cool about the whole Farm Bay platform is that I try to do multiple things, right? Like I do podcasts like this, but you know, work as an influencer. I'm also a weekly columnist with agdaily.com. I'm a monthly columnist with Acreage Life Magazine and do writing and public speaking and an influencer. So the good news is that during COVID, I wasn't completely out of work or whatever, but um, now being back in in-person engagements, you know, doing more in-person uh, influencer gigs, like seeing sites, you know, being there in person and, and knowing what's going on. Uh, it feels really good. So I just did a public speaking engagement uh, yesterday. I did one like a couple weeks ago and it's just like, you can't get the smile off my face just to be back. A little, a little social interaction goes a long way for sure. And uh, yeah, we're really happy. Almost, I think almost everyone in our office is fully vaccinated. And so we've been kind of seeing each other more and doing more in-person meetings and, and that's been great. So Glad to hear you're getting back in person. I actually had someone ask me um, if I was going to the solar, the big solar show later this year. And it was like, wow, I hadn't even thought about trade shows are back on. So, um, oh, we're starting to get a little bit. Of right, right. So some of the some of the topics that, you know, we touch on on this show renewable energy, of course, but also how industries and companies you know, continue to renew themselves um, and and really renew their focus to maintain, you know, maximum relevance and maximum influence, frankly, on their customers. Um, and so we've sort of seen, I think some, you know, industries, I don't know that come under attack is the right word, but, um, you know, people are talking about cow farts these days a lot and emissions from cows. And I know the actually from some of your recent posts that the dairy industry um, and from some of the work we do here at Biostar is actually, you know, really quite innovative and really, really focused on addressing sustainability. So talk to us a little bit about um, maybe specifically the dairy industry or or others, you know, and how, um sort of that commitment to sustainability is really ingrained in the ag world and some of the things that you're seeing that that excite you about uh, addressing sustainability in food production and in agriculture. Yeah, absolutely. A hundred percent. I love talking about this topic because I think there is misinformation out there where people try to paint farmers and ranchers in a negative light. But if you really get down to the nitty gritty and you have conversations with them, you realize that sustainability and the focus of being green and doing the right thing is at the forefront of farmers' minds more than I think anybody would ever understand. I mean, it's really mm-hmm. why farmers are able to do what they do and continue on these multi-generation farms. And um, I mean, I'm starting a farm from scratch myself, you know, just, I got little 17 acres. I live in Gainesville, Florida now, um, but I'm, you know, working on that too. But you know, you've got people doing things like what you guys do, you know, or methane digesters or whatever, and there's so many different ways. And yeah, the dairy industry, I mean, they're, 
they're uh, saying they're going to be carbon neutral or better by the year 2050. And so these are all really great, right? And so I feel like farmers are always trying to do more with less. I feel like there's a lot more focus on soil health in recent years, a lot more people focusing on the regenerative uh, more biological activity of the soils, uh, doing you know crop testing or, uh, or I'm sorry, soil testing, crop rotation, um, you know, cover crops, no-till farming, whatever the case may be. So, I think you'd be a really hard pressed. I do not know of a single farmer that would say that they are less sustainable now than they were in decades past. You know, so we're making sure. huge strides forward, and now you're seeing you know newer technologies with manure management with uh with drones with using fewer inputs um you know there's just there's so many things going on with technology and data 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 where we're just going to keep moving forward and it's like how far we've come it's like someday we'll look back today and be like remember back in 2021 and it's like yeah yeah we're forward with technology in every aspect of our lives and i think agriculture is really at the forefront of that we just got to give the scientists and the, the research a bigger voice and uh, and tell that story because it's it's a really uh, great one to celebrate. Absolutely. Yeah, it's um, it's amazing. And looking at the last 10 or 20 or 50 years and, and the technological advancements and then trying to imagine what the next 10 or 20 or 50 are going to be like is really exciting. And you mentioned some terms. And since you mentioned regenerative agriculture and soil health, um, if those are interesting to our viewers and listeners, please go back into the archives, uh, particularly if this is your first time uh, listening to the show. Uh, we have some great episodes about some of the things that Biostar does and some of the ways that we really focus on soil health. Uh, we are in the methane digester business, and so we have some projects that we discuss manure management. Uh, there's a whole episode on that. So um, thank you for, for mentioning those because there's obviously a lot of crossover between um, our biogas and, uh, you know, manure management and affluent waste treatment business and what you do um, every day. So tell our viewers and listeners who don't know you or aren't following you online, what's the best way to find you and um, stay in touch? What are some of the kind of most active platforms and, and how do you most often connect with your uh, listeners and viewers? Yeah, so I have about 200,000 followers now and about 170,000 of those are on Facebook. So if anybody wanted to search Farm Babe on Facebook, that would be my primary. Um, I'm also the Farm Babe on Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, (laughs) anything else like that. But really just try to utilize that as a way to better tell the story of sustainability and agriculture, the facts behind our food. And, you know, the other thing too is that through social media, we really have a strong power to be able to change minds and hearts. And sometimes with corporations, you know, kind of getting back to your last point, I was just thinking about uh, sustainability. You know, Burger King had put out this ad that was really painting livestock farmers in a negative light. And this is something that drives us so crazy is when people say, oh, cow farts are destroying the planet. Well, first of all, 90, 97% of methane actually comes out of cattle's mouths, not their rear. Mm-hmm. And so a vast majority of methane is, it was never about farts, right? right. Is there methane that you can capture? Absolutely. Should we be mitigating that? Absolutely. Like there's all these great technologies, but when Burger King had put out this ad that was just like, they were basically saying that you could feed lemongrass to cattle to reduce their emissions. 
And, but the, the way that they presented it, this catchy song and dance, and it was just really insulting. I mean, it was like little kids in gas masks, you know, the polar ice caps are melting, basically trying to say that like cow farts are destroying the world, right? And we're sitting here going like, that's not true. Like if you look at the EPA statistics, cattle only account for 2% of US greenhouse gas emissions. 2%, and so you think about, um, you know, all the byproducts we get too. It's not just beef and leather, it's, you know, textiles, adhesives, um, you know, lotion, soaps, cosmetics. I mean, there's a million things that we get from livestock byproducts. And so it's another way to talk about how farmers are so green and focused on sustainability and recycling everything. But still, I mean, even though cattle are 2% of emissions, you know, it's like, we still have to do better and we are. And that's why we're continuing to do innovative ways. But um, through the power of Twitter, I actually reached out to Burger King and invited them out to the farm. I said, look, like sustainability is our middle name. Like, come on out, I'll show it to you. Like we'll showcase all the cool that we're doing. And so I actually took them on to a methane digester and we went to my farm and I took them to a cattle feedlot and I had all these experts and we talked about what we were doing to protect the land and um, improve yields and do all these great things for the planet. And uh, it was really nice because they actually ended up doing a new ad that painted and highlighted farmers in a positive light. So it was really nice to have that engagement with them. All it was was just the power of a tweet of me talking to their global chief marketing officer and having that kind of impact. That is so cool. Was it hard to get in touch with the chief marketing officer on Twitter or was it pretty, you just sent a message and, and they set up a meeting? Yeah, that was it. I uh, I had Googled so him. Cool. Gotten so much backlash. I mean, they were really kind of getting yeah. a hand, you know. And sure. so I think when I had tweeted their chief marketing officer, I think a lot of people were tweeting at Burger King, right? Well, I decided to go to the to the head guy, right? And I just Googled sure. him. He was. And I just tweeted him and I was like, just explain why it was so insulting to farmers. That was just a slap in the face to us. And I said, you know, come on out. And, and they did. And so for that, I commend them. I think a lot of people were Absolutely. just very and, um, But the fact that they came to the table and they kind of realized, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. maybe they should have done things differently. But the fact that they moved forward and did more and focused on highlighting what farmers were doing right. You know, we yeah. all care about it. We all want to reduce emissions and do the best we can by, by the world and, and sustainability. But we ought to have these conversations and we have to talk about what it is like, you know, like what you guys do uh, and what farmers do and how we work together to solve the problem. Don't bash people. Don't put them down. Just talk about Absolutely. like, yeah, are there issues? Absolutely. Let's be friends and talk about how to make them better. You know? Absolutely. Well, kudos to you and to Burger King for, uh, for coming out and, and hearing you out and even replacing the ad. That's, that's a really, really cool story. And, um, yeah, the power of Twitter, right? It's amazing the relationships we can start on Twitter. Yeah, their new video is pinned to the top of my Twitter page. It's the Farm Babe is my handle, but you know my website's thefarmbabe.com. I've got a bunch of information up there too, and um, written a lot of articles about it on Ag Daily with my column, and just you know trying to uh, to highlight the fact that we can make a difference, right? That when we advocate for our industry. Uh, sometimes those words can be much more powerful than we think in a good way, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Are you in the new ad? I am. Yeah. All right. Sweet. Yeah. It's, it was on my farm in Iowa at the time. I was at the time I was on the corn and bean and cattle and sheep farm up there. And 
now I'm in Florida on um, 17 acre livestock startup, right? So I'm just starting it up, but yeah, it's been a different journey, but <clears throat> still cool to do it on our farm in Iowa and take them to some other local farms in Wisconsin and Iowa as well. So very cool. Was that your farm in Iowa? The, so did you, did you move from Iowa down to Florida? Yeah, I was, uh, I was living with my now ex boyfriend at the time. So I was with him until 2019. And then I bought some land in Florida and, and started over, uh, my own, my own life, my own little farm. Sure. Well, congratulations. That's really exciting. I would love to come see you uh, down in Florida sometime. I could certainly use the sun. <laughs> yes, exactly. Like, <laughs> come down when it's like cold, you know, I come down when the weather's nice in the summer. And <laughs> Right. Absolutely. And so it's a livestock operation you've started. Yeah, I'm in the process of starting it. COVID, again, really put a damper on everything, you know, with just getting everything built and started. Um, but I am still working at it, just working on the infrastructure. The land had nothing on it. So I had to start from scratch, building the well and power and septic and all that stuff. And um, I'm still working on fencing and infrastructure, but uh, I, got, I got, got some ideas. I got some things in the work. So yeah, stay tuned. I'll definitely be <clears throat> posting about it on social media as time goes on with, with the journey. So Awesome. Well, I look forward to following that and I really hope you'll come back on the show maybe later this year and um, and we can hear how things are going and catch up. And of course, uh, hope to chat in the meantime. Thank you so much for coming on uh, the podcast. We really appreciate it. And um, to all of Michelle's fans and followers who are listening for the first time, go check out some of our other episodes, hit the subscribe button and make sure to give us a follow and uh, hopefully we'll be seeing more of each other. Sounds great, thanks, you too. All right, thanks Michelle, take care.